Brought to you by Joy Sauce. I'm Jarek Smith. And I'm Robinick Fernandez. And you're listening to Brown Boy Love. (laughs) Each episode will take you on our journey as we search for our next shared lover. Along the way, we talk about sex, relationships, and all things intimacy with our friends and families. What are we talking about today, Jarek? Well, on today's episode, we talk about sex with friends, sexual expectations in platonic relationships. And to close us out, we talk with a special guest to get the deets on what it's like to sex with us. (laughs) Stupid. Special shout out to our fabulous sugar daddy at Joy Sauce, whose support is what makes this podcast possible and why you can stream Brown Boy Love wherever you get your podcasts now. Joy Sauce is a new media platform celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander voices. There you will find music, videos, and stories by and for AANPI creatives and their allies. Just a small disclaimer, this podcast contains mature language and content, so if you have little ones, here's a heads up. Okay, uh, is this like another friends with benefits sort of episode? Mm. Because look, I already have medical insurance, but I would like stock options or maybe (laughs) like dental coverage, some good dental coverage. (laughs) But you have good teeth already. Oh, thank you. Maybe some optical. What are you trying to say? To protect, you know, for that vision. I drink that carrot juice. Okay. No aging. Shut up. No, this is an episode. About fuck buddies. Okay, what's the difference? Tell me no, the difference. No. Okay, no, this is this is actually an episode about sex with your friends. There is a big difference between fuck buddy and you know hooking up with a friend. Describe. I'm intrigued. A interested. Fuck buddy is you know someone you rely on mm-hmm. to interact with sexually. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, that's your only interaction with them. You like know? a grinder hookup. Well, I I don't think it's a necessarily a grinder hookup. It's someone that you can count on to have sex with. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but that. you're not going out afterwards to hang out. It's just like, ooh, I'm going to bang. This is someone who I've always been attracted to and who I can rely on. So no, like nice time. pizza after no, no, no oh nothing. Having sex with a friend though, okay, that's different. Interested, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're fiending for, as Ad Bryant would put it, some of that ill nana <laughs> at two a.m. This person, they come through, and even. After that, they're down to be with you mm-hmm. through the silly times, through the low times in your life. Watch TV after. Yeah. You continually negotiate the boundaries you have with this person because you're in this person's life 
you can have fun and do sexy things with them, but they're also not your significant other. I see that. And there's a difference. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have sex with a lot of your friends. Okay, call me out like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, maybe not <laughs> not recently, but I mean like when I first met you, you definitely had friends who you felt as though you could play around with them yeah, and stuff. And it was sure. it never felt weird. I don't know. From me looking in on it, it never felt weird. What was a memorable experience with a friend of yours? Well, a story. Well, I mean, they weren't friends to begin with, but we did build a very strong bond and friendship. And I think it was like, well, first of all, it was like at this house party in Portland. Wait, wait, wait. How old were you? Shut up. I'm I was I was in my thirties. <laughs> House party for thirty year olds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Okay, but I wasn't hosting it, and the people that were there weren't in their thirties. They were like in their mid to late twenties. So I don't know if that's bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It was like this Valentine's, like Halloween. It was like it was called like a bloody Valentine's thing. What were you wearing? I was wearing this bunny, um, like a Playboy bunny. No, really girl. <laughs> no. Uh, I had a velvet bunny, like mask on that had blood on it. That I put blood on it, and like, <laughs> so I was like a scary bunny. It was inspired by like a Donnie Darko sort of situation. Was it a sexy situation, or was it yeah. uh, just a scary? Situation? I mean, I did, <laughs> I did feel a little sexy. Oh I yeah, felt a little sexy. The sexy rabbit. Yeah, and I was there. <laughs> I was really there to dance. I was there with a lot of people that I knew, and you know, they were playing all of Beyonce. Mm. Yeah, you know, Beyonce's. Yeah. Always on a good playlist. Yeah. Okay. For sure. But I had to rest after a Robin song. And I mean, (laughs) I got to rest after Beyonce songs. Same, same. (laughs) Uh, But I was on like this sofa. I was like sitting down and next to me was this guy in like a Union Jack suit. What's a Union? You don't know what a Union Jack suit is? Like a Union suit is? No. Okay. It's like one of those camping outfits that you wear underneath other clothes. It's like a onesie. To keep you warm or something? <laughs> to keep you warm, okay. yeah. It's like that waffled type of, with buttons all the way down, and it has like a, like buttons in the back as well. Anyways. For easy access. Access, yeah, to go to the restroom and stuff. Uh-oh. Yeah. It was sexy. It was like a sexy red tight outfit, um, and he was wearing like boots with it. Pretty sexy. And he was, he was, he was by himself. Um, he, I think he knew something some people there too but he was just like sitting by himself and he gave me that eye do you know mm. what that eye is like he had like a little smirk in his face and mm. you know side well, eye that I was know like that. yeah you know yeah. what that one it's is that selena gomez yeah <laughs> if you want to come and get it yeah na, na, that sort that of one. thing yeah <laughs> and and so like so he walks upstairs and i was so nervous i did not know if i was supposed to follow him if he's going to the restroom mm. if you know if so i do follow him out all of the is this person safe for me? Yes. There's enough witnesses here. Something <laughs> yeah. goes down. Like you just did it. You calculated. I calculated everything. And it all equaled. I'm gonna go get get it. 
I got that good. I got to get it. I got to get it. Oh my god. Well, I did, and we got that ill na na going. You know. Okay. Uh, um, Describe but, the upstairs. Oh gosh. It's like it. Well, first of all, he went to the bedroom. I knew it. he was waiting for me. Um, okay, in a stranger's bedroom. Got it. Okay, it was a stranger's be- bedroom. It was like one of those. Like, do you know in those gay Insta memes? It's a meme that says when tops hosts uh-huh and then the photo is like this nasty <laughs> college dorm room or something yeah or you know like Ew, a two uh, for one two for one shampoo Ew, uh, what <laughs> yeah yeah so um it was like that we can't judge we've been there you know uh-huh. i'm sure that they were lovely people I, you know it's just they were getting up in life you know and sometimes yeah. you can't we own a frame for your mattress oh, oh. <laughs> wow, this is so romantic. It's so yeah. romantic. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like my very first time. <laughs> so, just kidding. Mine was on a bunk bed, actually. Oh, okay. That was yeah. not good. The top uh, of the bunk bed. Yeah, no. was wobbly. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I no, I and like so we had a lot of fun and usually afterwards when these experience I've experienced these things we just like kind of walk away and it's like the secret oh that gosh. we both know right that don't we share tell. that yeah. don't tell yeah but we tell our friends after the party uh, right but we don't say it during the party you okay. know but it wasn't it wasn't like that I mean that. I wouldn't know Excuse me. You, <laughs> you would know. Yeah. And so like, you know, after our second time, um, we went outside and we wait, just- Wait, wait, You had a second time? <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, he liked it. He liked that. Uh, you know, up, he liked uh, what up. I was giving. Um, <laughs> and we went outside. It was great. It felt like we weren't at the party anymore. It felt like we were two of us having a great conversation, talking about different things other than sex and other than like... Like art, political science. Relationships. Philosophy. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Okay. So we ended up exchanging numbers and to this day we are, I would consider them one of my closest friends. Yeah. Really. Okay, this gets us to our next segment of sexual expectations in platonic relationships. Do you feel like you have to have sex in order to make friends? As I feel like this can be a big topic for folks in the queer community. Yeah, you know, I do feel like we have a lot of expectations in the queer community, especially sexual expectations in order to make friendships. And sometimes if it's not, do you like have- There's always like this first instance of- or consideration of, am I attracted to this person? Sizing them up if like you yeah. would sleep with them, right? Totally. Okay, so describe like a, like a moment in life where you had to sort of meet someone's or some people's expectation in order to feel a part of something or, you know, building a friendship or something. Well, when I was, when I came out, I came out in college, mm-hmm. my gayest friend, John, mm-hmm. yeah, he invited me out to a rave. Okay. And that bitch. <laughs> 
did not tell me what I should wear. I was so... Wait, this was your first rave? It was my very first rave and I did not... I had no clue what... What were you... What did you wear? I fucking came up... (laughs) I don't want to say I was wearing cargo pants, but I was probably wearing cargo pants. Maybe cargo shorts. (laughs) I know. And so I show up... I see it. I show up to the rave. Mm-hmm. Everybody is wearing, they're wearing like fluorescent things, you know, glow in the dark things and see through see through shirts and stuff. Okay. They look really cute. I, on the other hand, just look so out of place. My friend John takes me over to his circle of, of gays. Yeah. And he introduces me. He's like, well, for, before you tell the... Your friends, John's friends group. Like, describe more about the scene for people who haven't necessarily. Okay, okay wait. It was in a warehouse. It was big. There's a laser show going. There's loud music. Uh, loud music that I don't know how to dance to. You know, it's one of those things where... <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't know how everybody else is dancing to it. <laughs> <laughs> there is like no beat. I don't know. Uh, and um, what do you mean? It's like all beat. It's yeah. It's just like too much beat that you can't. Yeah. That you don't necessarily. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Is it, it, diff- yeah. it is a different dance. It's definitely yeah. a different dance. And so there's a lot of people jam packed. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of folks touching each other right off the bat, and it's hot. Yeah. So John takes me to his circle of gays. Okay. And he's like, guys, this is Cherik, my friend, and they all kind of look at me and they're just like, oh hey. And then they go back to talking to each other, you know, they kind of was just like, oh, hi. And then nothing else. And then John is like, um, he's gay. And and then everybody was like, oh, hi. Hey. And like, I, I don't know. They were so touchy and feely and interested in me. Okay. (laughs) Um, And during the rave, I noticed that a lot of folks were touching each other and kissing each other and holding hands and hugging you. And it felt good. You know, it, it did feel good. This is what you do at a rave. When you mean like at a rave, this is what you do at a rave or is this what you do as a queer people? Well, that's, that's an interesting question because, you know, when I first met you, you brought me around your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your friends, they're older, older, older folks who seem to be not too very old, but I mean, we're not ages here. I'm just saying like, no, I've, no, no, no. Yeah. 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 When we first met. Y'all were experienced. Yeah. We were a little experienced. <laughs> um, but yeah, you see, everybody seemed to have some sort of proficiency in having sex. Yeah. You know, and me being around that, I felt as though I had to meet y'all there. Oftentimes I wonder, do I have to have sex in order to make friends in the queer community? You know, I wonder that 
a lot. And that is sometimes on my off days, that can be really, I don't know, that could make me worry or make me kind of sad. And other times in reality, I've had sexual experiences with folks that have been so sweet, that have been really fluid in, in that interaction that we are able to be friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's some good to it too. You know, I had to act as if, which honestly, I haven't really had a lot of sex with with men up until that point. I've had yeah. sex with men up until that point, but I didn't necessarily feel like you know at the height of my <laughs> of my um, sexual power. You so know, you when you say meet, you didn't. Do you did you feel forced or no? No, no. I just felt pressure to be sexy or to look as though I was open to having sex with folks. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds right, but <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, why does an interaction with a gay man have to be predicated on the sex part? I mean, I ask the same question all the time because I would love to make friends in the queer community without having to feel like there's a sexual tension. Yeah, because we do have friends who we're not sexual with. Right. Yeah, um, we do. Not that I'm talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do have plenty. Okay, but there's a difference. And just for our like heteronormative yeah. familia, can you describe the difference? I think there is a difference of platonic relationships in the gay community because yeah. I think that there's there's this yeah. thing. I think what we're talking about is this kind of sexual liberation type type of vibe. You know, like yeah, you know, we're queer. We should be able to practice those kinds of things, you know, and that's good, you know, to yeah. an extent. And then there's also friendships where they do feel like family members in a way. They yeah. check you, you know, yeah. they keep you accountable. If you're doing, if you're on some bullshit, they'll keep your ass accountable, yeah. you know, they'll protect you. They're folks who I have as mentors. I feel a sense of like, I, I can learn from them. And then there are like lateral mentors who we both learn from each other. Yeah. Th that feels really good and non-sexual. So we do have those kinds of friendships actually. Yeah, I feel like we have a lot of queer friends that came about without having sexual relationships with. What are some non-sexual ways that you've met some queer friends? Oh gosh, I have a really great friend who's actually visiting right now. And that's not, that was non-sexual from the very get-go. I felt like we just had a really strong connection, it, which was really interesting because at first we were both shy in front of each other uh -huh. and our kindness or the way that we like spoke to each other, we were very kind with each other. Mm -hmm. um, we built a strong bond over just, just something that was part of us and we had great conversations about about relationships, um, about futures, like our future dreams, mm -hmm. about fashion, mm. about being a part of something in politics or like activism. Mm. And so there was a lot of things that we had in common that yeah. we can build off of that wasn't sexual. You know what this also reminds me of? What? Like, okay, now that we're talking about this, I realize actually I do have a lot of queer friends that weren't <laughs> sexual. Yeah. Um, like protests. I've been to several protests and yeah. you know mutual friends bring their friends and you kind of bond over something that you're fighting for yeah yeah like i've had 
queer friends like that. That certainly hasn't been sexual, you know? Oh, I mean, for sure. It's, it's like sexy that you're there and you're like, you know, fighting yeah. a man. But like, but you're there to do some shit to fuck up the frame a little bit. And so you do have those interactions too. Actually, I've learned that a lot from you too, because you're quite an activist, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've had those experiences. I've seen you sort of like be activated. <laughs> um, but like have built, like I could see that community that you've built yourself. Yeah. So, wow. Now that we're talking <laughs> about it, no, the queer community isn't just predicated in all these sexual, all of these sexual feelings or sexual pressures. That certainly is a part of the conversation. Right. But also, a large part of the conversation are these moments where we build activism, as we build kind of fun times and doing parties, you yeah. know, or as we are there for our brothers and sisters and in between when they're down and when they're achieving the things they want to do we're there and we meet people through those ways too yeah for I sure. think you know mm-hmm. wow wow that's like a big re- sigh of relief because <laughs> this whole episode I just felt as though like wow is being queer only about being sexual and it, isn't. <laughs> it really isn't no it really isn't and I'm really glad that we got to talk about this because I thought this episode was going to be this direct like in one direction and I'm coming to realize like no I think that I have my own bias and I've experienced these biases like mm-hmm. I've experienced these experiences that were <laughs> <laughs> that were yeah sexual um, but it wasn't everything that makes friendships yeah mm-hmm. I'd say the meat of my friendships have come from all of these other things that support a healthy sexual relationship but that aren't always sexual yes favors I also sometimes and Sometimes this this can be touchy, but like I don't necessarily need to find out someone's identity or or like share my identity just to have a commonality to make. Yeah, you you don't need to be like, hi, I'm Ramadik, I'm a bottom. Um, no. <laughs> you know, hi, I'm Jerick. I'm a verse. Yeah. Oh my you god! <laughs> but people do think. Okay, let's get into that subject. My because- pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a verse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, there is a sexual I expectation that. I mean, we are a sex talk. Yeah. So let's get back to the sexy. (laughs) And to close us out, we have a very special guest. Who is it? Who is it? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) No, no, you can't say that. (laughs) You can't. Okay. Okay. No, his, no. Ooh, The Rock, yes. Um, But his Mm -hmm. name is Dwayne. He is Robinick's. One of Robinick's closest friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Dwayne. Hi. <laughs> Here I am. Hi, Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Uh, glad you're here. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've seen each other. Um, so how have you been? I'm doing well, Robinick. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm well. I'm doing really well. Uh, thanks for joining us on our podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about sex with friends and sexual expectations in platonic relationships. I've heard through the grapevine <laughs> that you are promiscuous. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Derek, what would you like to ask and know about us? Because we probably know, we both know a lot about our relationship, Mm -hmm. physical and emotional, whatever. But you probably want to know a little bit more, something that's different, right? Yeah, well, I want to know, Duane. Um, what, <laughs> what is it like having sex with Robinick as <laughs> as your friend? Give us uh, details. I'm not giving you. <laughs> I'm not giving you this. That the sex with Robinick has always been so. It has always been very. It's been fun. He's funny and he's a, a good time. <laughs> and we Wait. have a connection. I think that's. I think the most important thing for me is that we have a connection of and we respect. So, Why do you say funny? Oh my god! I don't even. I mean, Robinick does certain things. I don't. I'm sure you experience it too. He's somewhat uh, impulsive. I don't know. My favorite memory of Robinick. Robinick likes to give a BJ. Uh, I don't think that's. <laughs> there was one time that he pulled me into his bedroom to give me a beach. He took my pants down. He was all getting into the business, and he said, "Hold on a second. And so I'm on my back with my, you know, my legs open, and like. <laughs> And he leaves the room and I'm thinking, well, maybe, I don't know what he's needing. And, uh, but something, obviously. And the thing is, I'd known him long enough to know that it could be anything. He could pull out. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know what he could, you know, you're just waiting. And so it's taking a long time. And I'm thinking, the more it's taking a long time, the more I'm like, <laughs> laughing to myself. And then he comes back and he goes, I'm sorry, I had to get my slippers. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. And so I'm like, okay, but he nearly got in bed. So he nearly, he went to go get his slippers so he could take off his slippers to get back in bed. <laughs> wow. And that's just a small snapshot of what, why I enjoy having sex with them. I so needed the Robinette function of the and the slipper fetish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought he would be out getting some like, I don't know, like knee pads or something. I mean, but the yes, slippers. He's also got apparently stools specifically for his blowjob. Like they're called. <laughs> <laughs> they are ergonomically correct. They're very low um, to the ground and they won't hurt your knees. That's all I'm saying. Everyone should have one. <laughs> I, as listeners know Robinick, I think they will see this is just how he is. Can you hold on a second? I have to go get my carrot cake out of you. Okay, Duane needs to get a carrot cake okay. out. Look at him. Where oven mitts. So, sorry, I'm back. How's the carrot cake? It smells really good. <laughs> okay, okay. Back to our interview with Duane. <laughs> Do you think that we would have been friends if not for the amazing sexual experience, experience that we had in the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the beginning, we felt that sometimes in the queer community, or at least in our experience in the queer community, sex is the starter for every sort of queer relationship, whether it is platonic or you know otherwise. But sometimes it's like we're judged by how we look or how sexual we are or how we come off sexually um, in order to be friends. 
Have you experienced that kind of expectation or pressure? You know, I'm a little older. You know, I think you can feel sexual energy with somebody. And I think when I was younger, I felt like it had to be acted on or it was also about validating myself. I think there's a lot more complexity to it. I think partly it was other people's expectations of what of being gay and we can have sex and go forward with it. Um, also with me feeling like I needed that validation in order to feel like, a I don't know, a hot person or whatever. Mm. I've had, you know, friendships where I felt like, let's just get this sex thing out of the way so we can get onto the friendship. Mm -hmm. Kind of that expectation was there and it just kind of hangs there until you get it out of the way and realize maybe we weren't supposed, you know, you're not supposed, not everyone's connected sexually. And sex is such a huge thing that uh, I've learned that I really am cautious about who I have sex with in terms of friendships. Mm. Because some friends are capable of having casual friends, sex, where you have certain, yeah, and I feel comfortable talking to them about it. And I feel like if it's not going to work, then it's fine. We can just be friends. And there's some people that I think that I get a better read these days, like sex with you probably is not conducive to us being friends. Mm. Mm. Sex can be connective, right? Super connective and sex can be destructive. So I very much more cognizant of being cautious about jumping in before I get a, a read on how we would be. That makes a lot of sense. So true. So wise. Wow, wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. Since we're sort of searching for our next shared lover, what qualities would you want for us to sort of look, look for? for in our next shared lover? Well, they're going to have to give me a lot of props, right? They got to respect me. <laughs> You know, what is important to me is that they're kind, that they're working on their own shit and understanding and trying to be better than, you know, I, I have a campsite rule, right? You find somebody and you find a relationship and you want to leave it better than what you found it, right? And mm. and I think that's something that is challenging sometimes to do. And I don't think that I'm always great at it, but I think that's the intention I would come with. I mean, it's interesting because in my experience with a third, especially if you're doing poly, which is a different story than having just casual sex with a third. Mm -hmm. Casual sex with a third is a different story. So what are we talking well, about? Well, let's describe both of those. Can you describe both of those for our audience? I think that casual sex can be, it's really defining what you want to do with it, right? It can be less intimate, meaning there's more less expectations of what happens afterwards and before. I always think that like you treat everybody that you have sex with, uh, with, an idea that they're a human being, that they have their own agency, they have their own desires. And hopefully when you're having sex, they meet up. And I'm also much more in tune with talking to people before. So I don't know that I, you know, I'm fine with anonymous sex, but I don't do it as much as I used to because I'd rather know who the person is beforehand and after and feel like there's something there. I don't know. Mm. For you guys, it's really, it's what your roles are, usually, or what you're excited about having in those roles. Like my partner used to really like watching, right? And so he liked me to find somebody that I was really hot for that he could watch and enjoy me getting off, right? But I think now that we're older, he's more into kink. And so we find somebody that he's got a little kink side with or can feel like opening that up. And I am okay with kink, but it's not my go-to, right? It's fine. And I think I can see it being sexy, but I just don't need it to turn me on. So I think it's a challenge. You guys have to negotiate what you're looking for in terms of your own personal sex. 
and he yells to me, just, you know, when I'm hearing from you, I'm going to mirror, uh, <laughs> that you guys are more interested in the third person as a relationship rather than just sexual. Because both of you describe something that is just not that there are really in, in terms of just sex. Uh, the ethical slut is what Ruffles and I started out reading back when we started looking into polyamory. Oh, and okay. I don't know that the book is complete. Like, I don't think it's the wisest of material. I think it's a good place to have conversations with your partner. Like you read it together and you talk about, oh, this is an interesting thing. I, I'd like to think about compersion. What does it look like when I'm happy when you have sex and I'm not a part of that? What does it look like when I deal with my own jealousy? Like a big thing that comes up with relationships is jealousy. And for me, it's in my partner. Fundamentally, we both understand that jealousy is not the other person's responsibility to take care of. For sure. Yeah. I think, so let's deal with polyamory, right? Yeah. Poly, in my understanding of it, is having a relationship where you are committed and you have an open heart space where you're intimate in a deeper way with more than one person. For many people, it takes a lot of different forms. I think it's super complex. And some people, it's you deal with a partner's two people that want to open up the relationship and find somebody that fits in for both of them, which is what it sounds like for you guys, what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's some people that just are like, okay, I have my own, uh, I'm in a relationship with somebody and then each of us have our own boyfriends or other relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So that they're not necessarily having to be someone that fits both people. And there's some people that are like fine with, I don't, it's lots of different complexity. And for me, it's all a big about communication. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of talking. And uh, yeah, sex is part of it. But uh, if you get into poly thinking that it's, if it's going to fix something that's broken between you and your partner, it's not. Uh, if it's going to and be one big sex thing after another, it's not. It's in being in a relationship with somebody else. And being in a relationship with one other person can be a challenge, let alone three <laughs> or four. Yeah, or five. But, or five, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Six. But it doesn't mean that, I mean, I have friends that do it and do it well, and I feel like, but I have friends who don't really do what we, traditional relationships well. So I, it can be beautiful when it works, and it can be very difficult when it doesn't. You got to be able to be vulnerable and you got to be able to be able to talk about things. Mm. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Okay. Last question. And it's really, really important. Do you have anybody in mind for us? Hell to the no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anybody that I would think that, you know, I think that. I know I have plenty of friends that are kind and that I think would be you guys would have fun with and uh, do have a good time. But, you know, when you have the first time that you're in a relationship that's poly, there's the honeymoon effect. And that can be really challenging to get through because uh, when one of you is super into the other person and the other person isn't, it can cause some tension. Right. And it's hard yeah. to, especially when you're in honeymoon period, it's hard to even talk to the people. Right. Like yeah. if you ever have a friend who's going through the honeymoon period with the person they're with and you try to talk about any red flags that might be on on the field. That's a sports reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. I got it. Got it? Yeah, okay, we got so. it. 
all right, uh, they're not going to listen to you, especially and especially when you've got so much skin in the game. Another sports reference that you know you want the other person to just listen. Like this is, seems to be a problem, and the other person's not going to hear you because they're in honeymoon, and that's just the way that that should be. That's exactly what the honeymoon period's all about. Mm. Anyway, long story short, you know what I, I think you guys would do is it would come gradually and naturally in some kind of relationship you already have or that you both develop a friendship with and then it becomes and just knowing how Rabo is like that's kind of how you'd be and like he would be friends with the person first and then it would be like you guys eventually casually fit into this mold probably sex would be part of it and then you'd be like you know we like hanging out with each other it's harder with Polly because you tend to be more intentional with it Mm. where most of the time when you date somebody it is it can be very casual although I, I you know that's the way that it worked for me mm. I don't know I every relationship that was ever lasting for me was where I was very comfortable being with myself mm. okay and I was not looking for a, a relationship I wasn't pursuing anything and that's where Ruffles ruined my beautiful singledom <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow okay so uh, before we go, this is kind of a surprise, but well, before we go, I'll, we're going to do just a round of quick questions to see how you sort of are attracted to a certain person on the street. Okay. <laughs> I like that this is completely non-visual. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so okay. Tube socks or ankle socks? Uh, tube socks. Come on. Okay. Boxer briefs or the thong? On the street, um, on the street. Right, on the street? Hints <laughs> of both, right? Is that what you're saying? Or just full on? No, boxer oh, briefs or just thong, just that on it the street. It doesn't matter. So uh, I have a very huge preference for both. So I think that especially as I've matured in my new season, <laughs> I have an appreciation for boxer shorts that I didn't have as a youth. But I really do like a thong and I think they're nice. Mm, okay. Pinky ring or thumb ring? Oh my god, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Bracelet or anklet? Hmm. Both. Mm, okay, okay. Cock ring or butt plug? On the street. <laughs> I mean, come on now. No one's doing that unless we're at crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I like both. I love the cock ring. I think they're nice. Oh, okay. Fishnet top or sweater vest? Not where I thought you were going with that. Sweater <laughs> <laughs> vest in tidy whiteies. Oh, and that's a great combination. And uh, sock garters. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Bring it back. Okay. Bring it way back. <laughs> okay. That's enough of this. Uh <laughs> oh, you got a boner now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I hope that I've done is facilitate you guys having sex after this podcast. So. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Dwayne had so many nuggets of wisdom for us. I loved having him on the show. <laughs> yeah, I felt a little exposed, but he was very informative. Yeah, queerness, queer friendships. 
They're not predicated on sex. I mean, it's a lot of fun, though. It's a lot of fun <laughs> when you do. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. Join us for our next episode when we talk about sex with strangers. But don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're Brown Boy Love, a podcast journey for our next shared lover. Along the way, we talk about sex, relationships, and all things intimacy with our friends and family. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, and consider sharing our podcast with all the hotties you know. This episode was written, produced, and edited by Jarek Smith and Robinick Fernandez with theme music by Gloria Tells. Big shout out to Daddy Duane for the great interview. Thank you. I'm Jarek. I'm Robinick. And this is Brown Boy Love. Hugs, kisses, mozzies. Bye. <laughs>